Today we are going to witness the most ingenious amusement. You are about to see a game of life and death. Two captains will vie for their lives. Each will try to force the other on the poison spikes. The one who falls on them will die. The other one's life shall be spared. Start the flagellation. Welcome once again to Won't Stay Dead, the podcast that covers the murky world of cult and horror films. Uh, it's been a while, it's February now, and I think the last podcast we recorded was in November. Um, this episode we're looking at a Jess Franco classic, uh, Curse of Frankenstein, or Erotic Rites of Frankenstein, or La, La Maledicción. Virgin, yeah, various, as, as, as per Jess Franco, various titles, various cuts and things. Um, sort of by introducing the the panel, I guess. Uh, to my right is Mr. Paul Doran. Hello. And to my left, Mr. David Hanna. Hello. Yay. <laughs> um, and we're on uh, wouldstaydead.wordpress.com. And that's links to kind of Twitter and Facebook and all the SoundCloud and iTunes and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. We figured we should probably apologise for our Christmas episode not happening, but actually you don't care, so <laughs> we'll not, not apologise. Yeah. Um, Instant retraction. <laughs> yeah. We'd, we'd intended to do Bob Clark's Black Christmas, um, but by the time I came around to organising it, just no one had a free weekend, just basically because of work dues and Christmas. Christmas, basically, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, you didn't do that, but maybe maybe next year. Um, so here we are back with. Um, well, I suppose our, our last podcast was Hammer's Curse of Frankenstein, and now we're doing Jess Franco's Curse of Frankenstein. Uh, it was my pick, and I kind of chose it um, because we've been talking about Jess Franco, the last one, I think, in reference to his versions of the Frankenstein and Dracula um, stories at the start of his career. Uh, and also, I think we've mentioned Jess Franco a few times, maybe during the Cannibal Holocaust episode, talking about video nasties and things. Yeah, so I think we did. You guys had never seen it? Jess Franco film before, had you? I don't oh, no, you'd seen. I'd seen that one with you. I think we discussed it on the Devils yeah. podcast. Yeah. What was it called again? You saw the uh, the demons. The demons. That's and you don't. You also oh, seen yeah, yeah. Uh, Zombies Lake. Did he just produce that though? I was under the impression he directed it. I was because I was looking because I was trying to find out more information about this film today. Uh, the erotic rights. <laughs> I just looked over sort of films he had directed, but. That came up on, like, I think when you're on IMDb sometimes it's through similar films or something like that, or other films that people have looked at. Yeah. But I remember clicking on that just to, out of interest because I'd seen it with you. But I think it said he just produced it. You could maybe look it up. Yeah, sure, I'll look it up now. Yeah. Um, because one of the guys that's in the erotic rights is in it, isn't it? Yeah, Howard Vernon. He was in uh, quite, a, quite a few um, Jess Franco films, and because uh, Jess Franco kind of always used the same kind of actors and lots of kind of Spanish directors did that Armando de Osorio would have used quite the same actors a lot of the time he's Cagliostro in this yeah exactly um, Zombies Lake eh? Cagliostro <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah kind of first impressions of it as a Jess Franco film it's 
it's it's it's it's, it's not a bad introduction to his work. What what did you guys kind of think? Cagliostro had a nice house, <laughs> <laughs> and a nice a nice beard, I suppose. It's utterly bizarre. <laughs> yeah, pretty weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very well, quite a misnomer as well. What yeah. do you mean by that? <clears throat> well, it was highly unerotic. <laughs> not, a, I, not a bollock in sight. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was, yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> like, the title doesn't really make any sense, as neither does the plot of the film. <laughs> no. No. Uh, yes. uh, but having said all that, like, I mean, it is bizarre and it's really strange, and it's almost like you're on an acid trip. But like it's weirdly sort of uh, entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like you're somehow yeah. drawn in by some parts of the story, yeah. even though it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think it was mostly actually Cagliostro that uh, like I find the most interesting. Oh really? Yeah. Even though he's just stupid. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I think he was sort of the most magnetic actor and character. Yeah. He was yeah. magnetic, wasn't he? That he was, was magnetic. Funny. That was one yeah. of the things they. Oh yeah, they say right. in the English language version anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, and actually, well, when you when you talk about the title not being any sense, uh, as you said already, it's called the Curse of Frankenstein or uh, the Erotic Rights of Frankenstein. But actually, my DVD copy here is called Jungfrau Gegen Frankenstein. Frankenstein or Frankenstein in German? Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. Jungfrau Gegen Frankenstein uh, on the on the kiss. But the DVD itself is called Eine Jungfrau in den Kralen von Frankenstein. Right. Or Dr. Frankenstein's Total Fluck. <laughs> so uh, there are two titles on the disc itself and a separate title on because the DVD. So who knows what the that, fuck it's called. So that one's like Virgin versus Frankenstein. Yeah, Jungfrau gegen Frankenstein. Yeah. It means Virgin versus and, Frankenstein. And that one's basically like... Virgin in the... In the what's crawling like cell jail cell, I think right, yeah jail of Frankenstein uh, Todesfluch Todesfluch to me is like death flight Talk like so you might death. flee from from okay. from from death which right. is, he kind of suppose that he kind of does at the end of the film <laughs> all of them make sense <laughs> but it's it's like <laughs> I suppose yeah well, the, no, Frankenstein I'm thinking of Cagliostro yeah it doesn't make any sense at all Frankenstein's death death flight. well Frankenstein does sort of escape death in it as well it's they all gross. they all sort of make sense but they. You know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just like naming things that happen in the film and then adding an extra title. Yeah, well, um, Jess Franco's uh, Bloody Moon was kind of his slasher film. It was a video nasty, actually. Um, it was it was released in Spain, and the distributors changed the title to Raped Schoolgirl. Right, <laughs> I know, which is like collegialas violadas or something like that in Spanish but like there isn't a single rape in it and there aren't really any schoolgirls yeah. it's just like they just, they've just kind of gone what'll sell this to the kind of sleazy cinemas of Spain yeah if we, if we call it rape I mean who would go and see a film called Raped Schoolgirl <laughs> I know Jesus I was actually um, reading about uh, it's totally off, off the subject but I was reading about um, Stephen Strange today one of the, oh, yeah. the big you know figure new romantic scene and I, I didn't realise he was in a band before his eyes he was in a band called The Murders Murderers and their single was going to be called Free Hindley but uh, it never got off the ground for obvious reasons but <laughs> my <laughs> good god the news of the world ran a big big thing about how could somebody be this cruel uh, I'm sure the meal went mental yeah they probably did yeah it's like us trying to come up with uh, pub quiz team names yeah I think you came up with Killing Nuns Killing Nuns just to go back a bit uh, Zombies Lake yeah, you're right uh, it was directed by Gene Rowland 
uh, and it was written by Jess Franco. Um, but interestingly, the uh, the two films that you've seen, De- Demons and Zombies Lake, um, were ones that kind of came out in video in the UK, and we just we didn't really get Jess Franco's good stuff in the UK in the in the eighties. Or well, I say we you know, we weren't alive, but this is good stuff. Um, uh, Frankenstein. <laughs> that 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 is edging closer to good Jess Franco, yes. <laughs> um, but I, I suppose I mean. Yeah, because the, the, obviously the problem the problem is that Frankenstein basically dies at the start of the film. Yeah. So having his, I mean, it should be like the <laughs> the exotic the erotic rites of Cagliostro would be yeah would be more accurate. Yeah. But um, should we do the beers? Yeah. Yeah. Because I haven't I haven't even had any uh, beer yet, lads. One before I left. I've only got four with me. Okay. Well, sure. I'll go first. Um, I got uh forced premium lager because it's uh, Italian and Cagliostro is Italian based on like an Italian occultist occultist yes yeah. that's right who Goethe wrote about in his kind of Italian yeah. diaries yeah. Um, um, an Irish red ale called Sunburnt because I figured um, there's lots of naked people in it and if you were naked in Spain <laughs> you'd probably get sunburnt <laughs> and some dry French cider because um, it's a Spanish-French co-production. Cool. Um, four bottles of Estrella, the classic Barcelona beer. Cool. Um, I think Lina Rome might have been born in Barcelona, but anyway, Spanish nonetheless. I think I got that for our last podcast. You did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. We Where did you get it for the last one? I can't remember. None of us were really drinking in the last one. Some of them been damned. I had like two, yeah. <laughs> two beers or something. But yeah, I had Dr Pepper and orange Pepper, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you bring this time, Crazy B? Well, I I didn't really get to a proper off license. I was Tesco and ASDA, so um, I uh, had some some left blonde because a lot of blonde ladies in the film. Okay. I uh, went for a revisionist American hop um, rye pale ale uh, because uh, well for obvious reasons <laughs> uh, because there was a bit of a revisionist history of um, of the Frankenstein and Calvostro uh, legends very good and, uh, common steam beer uh, by revisionist California as well, which, uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, the erotic rights promised a good deal of steaminess, which it didn't really deliver. But uh, also, uh, I have a bottle of Garun Icelandic Stout from Borg Brugus, which uh, I bought in Iceland last two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it's very dark. Very strong, like Frankenstein himself, and uh, it was uh, surprising and rather disappointing, much like <laughs> much like the movie itself. Why did you think it's disappointing? Uh, because it's, it's so tastes so strong that it is almost undrinkable unless you have a few beers under your belt. I, I gave you a couple of bottles. Actually, you, you liked it, but I yeah. wasn't. I'm not so keen on it. Mm. Um, it's 11.5 percent. It tastes stronger. It. Uh, black as hell and it's really fucking really fucking bitter and 
really bitter alcohol taste to it. And also uh, <coughs> some Sierra Nevada, which kind of sounds Spanish, but it's not. And, uh, <laughs> and its its inclusion here makes about as much sense as the plot of Young Frau Gegen Frankenstein. So, uh, so there you go. <laughs> Amazing. Nice one, Chrissy V. Uh, I didn't really have much time, so I got some Sierra Nevada torpedo. Right. I suppose because Frankenstein, when he gets angry, goes off like one. <laughs> have you got a bottle over there for Paul? Oh, yes, I do. I've got two. I got? Oh, I got better and twisted. Harvesting zesty, aromatic citrus golden ale. Lovely. Uh, it's bitter and twisted, like Calliope, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what else did I get? Oh, I got... <laughs> I got this Brazilian bear because they speak Portuguese in Brazil and it was filmed in Portugal. <laughs> nice <laughs> one. I was trying to find What's that. What's it called? Um, forest Green or something? Did you say uh, it, no, it was just forest. Did you say it was Brazilian? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of any Brazilian beer other than Brahma. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, cool. I was cool. trying to find that one. I've forgotten the name of it now. They didn't have it in the vineyard, the Portuguese beer. Uh, Sagres? Mm, Superbock? Superbock. Oh, yeah, Superbock. But it wasn't there. Yeah, fair enough. And then I got... Neck oil, because you know it's Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, of course. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because he's a bolt in his neck. Yeah, the oil. Every now and like yeah, all that. Yeah. Well, and it's got lots of wee skulls and stuff on the front. Yeah. Actually, yeah. the the wee skulls in the front sort of look like the the weird skull people who. Oh yeah. The children of the night. <laughs> <laughs> kind of look, look through the. Well, prison, the children of the dark. Prison bars. Yeah. I love the 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 one who's just a skeleton. Yeah. Like it's just a prosthetic skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just nicked him, nicknamed him Harry after a while. That <laughs> showing up. That Beavertown brewery is the guy. The head brewer is Robert Plant's son. Really? 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 Yeah, based oh. in London, and I suppose. 1972, Zeppelin were probably at the height of their powers, weren't they? When this, when yeah. this, when this was made. Mm, true. That's why I picked this. Actually, <laughs> sort of looks like Robert Plant. On What's that? That one? That one. Not really. Definitely, <laughs> definitely the skulls, though. They do look like the kind of shrouded figures that you see in the forest. Yeah. In the, yeah. Sp- in the Spanish cut, anyway. They do, yeah. Oh, with the, the bed sheets? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that with Jess Franco. It's like... Like you, like you just say with the bed sheets because any, any because <laughs> yeah. you know, that's just what his films are like. You just go, you're just so aware that you're watching a film. It's like yes, people people in bed sheets. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well I suppose we'll get stuck into these beers and be back after this. Your strength of mind pleases Galostra. 
Your bright lights can ask you. He is impressed by your courage. He has. And he has great admiration. As a murderer. Your father and the doubt. How can you obey your master's murderers? You must destroy them! Esmeralda. 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 Es la noche de difuntos. Hi, I'm Lucky McKee. Hey, I'm Chris Sievertson. We made a movie called All Cheerleaders Die, and you're listening to the Won't Stay Dead podcast. Uh, yes, so Jess Franco's Curse of Frankenstein, 1972, um, forward slash 1973. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did it take? Like a long film or something? No, I think it was just like kind of filmed in 1972 and then released in 73, yeah. that kind of thing. Oh, okay. I was reading it never got released in the UK, released in the cinema, like it got. Yeah. No, it never got a formal classification, but it was released before the Video, video Recordings Act oh, okay. right. as uh, Erotic Rites of Frankenstein. Um, I notice my copy doesn't have a classification at all on it. Yeah, because it's it German. It says X, X-rated, but uh, I think that seems to be the, the series of the DVD. Yeah, and it doesn't have like the FSK symbol no. on it, so it must just be unrated. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they don't have, you don't have to rate them in Germany. Maybe. Um, I've got this cool book here um, called... Shock horror, a starting artwork from the video na- video nasty era, and it has kind of like a breakdown of all the uh, titles that were released in the UK before the Video Recordings Act and all the cool kind of mm. covers and stuff. Cool. Um, obviously, all the video nasties are in there, but yeah. So, Erotic Rights of Frankenstein was released in the UK on Go Video. Remember Go Video? They released Cannibal Holocaust. Oh yeah, yeah, um, and a few other among among few others. ET was on the video nasty list. Huh? E-T? Oh no, e- ETN. That was um, that was like an alternative title for X- Extra, I think. That right? I think yeah. That looks like the cover of ET. Yeah, just 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 ex- exploitation, basically. Just right. fair enough. You know. All oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's not this is ET, and then we N, and the, the hands a lot more evil. Oh yes, so it is. Of course. Anyway, so <laughs> go um released yeah so this was the first time Erotic Rights of Frankenstein had been seen in, in Britain when it was released in November 1981 by Go Video and um, it features the version with extra nudity which was intended to play in European cinemas and then it goes on to say a great DVD of this film was issued in Germany during 2004 right that's probably must be the one you have um, and then it kind of says how times have changed for Jess Franco his worst work was once confined to the video ghetto but now the same films get five star treatment um, so yeah, obviously it never really had any problems, I don't think, with the DPP. It was never on any kind of Section 2 or Section 3 lists during the Video Nasty thing, but but we did get it, um, albeit kind of informally via the kind of, in the days of unregulated video. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it must have always, always just, obviously just disappeared. And Tartan, um, the, the video the version that we watched is the Tartan DVD, so they obviously got it classified, um, and they obviously went for the Spanish cut version, which doesn't, which only features the nude scenes in as DVD extras, which is a bit weird. Why, why wouldn't they just? Yeah. Like, well, I suppose it's because, yeah, because the, the the thing about the film is that it's released in two versions. Um, the Curse of Frankenstein is the is that the cut version? Is that the version with Lena Rome? I. I don't know, I couldn't figure out what the hell it was. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one version which has 
um, a few n- nudie scenes removed and other nudie, nudie scenes refilmed with all the actors with all their clothes, clothes on. Yeah. That version also contains footage of L- Lena Romay as Esmeralda. Um, that's and, a newer one, isn't it? That's a bad one. Yeah. And the one you guys watched. Yeah. 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 And she's just basically wandering around um, <laughs> beside <laughs> a stream. Yeah. And just sort of like falling asleep beside the stream. Yeah. And then like yeah. waking up and then washing, washing her, her face. Yeah, and, yeah. and that was that was added in after that, that. So that wasn't that wasn't filmed as part of the kind of initial filming. And I think actually that that's the same river that she's filmed in in another Jess Franco film called Female Vampire. Okay. So classic Frank Jess Franco, he's kind of getting you're getting two films for one. He's yeah. kind of filming he's filming two. Uh-huh. He's he's film he's filming one right. scene for two films basically. Does the old okay. woman feature in the other film? Is it the old woman who clearly just does not care? <laughs> yeah. It's like, does she even know that she's in a film? <laughs> she keeps talking to her and the old woman's just kind of going, not saying anything. Yeah. The one thing she does say is really baffling, like, I had his child too. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, my... Uh, so that's her... The subtitle in her mind was, was really off, so it, she could, uh, I don't know, it sounded like she said, I also was... He, I also had the child by him or something. Yeah, like okay. That. Something weird like that. I think what that means that's her basically telling Esmeralda Lena Romay's character that she is Cagliostro's daughter that she right. she is the offspring of her okay. and Cagliostro right. which is why Cagliostro can talk to her okay. through his psychic ability fair enough um, it's quite good looking for the product of incest oh, yeah. yeah it's true yeah. <laughs> the gene pool because is that like a continuous chain what well, like, would that have happened to the old woman as well? Yeah, uh, I don't know. She's the daughter. <laughs> yeah, because doesn't, doesn't it explain that he kind of comes back every thousand, every mil- every yeah. couple of millennia to turn yeah. humanity? They said it kind of happens, like, at random. Yeah. He just There's no specific. <laughs> yeah. It just comes back <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I like, took from it, like, because they weren't, they weren't very specific about it. Um, Somewhere Cagliostro was meant, was rumoured, or the legend of Cagliostro was that uh, he... Did he seduce Helen of Troy or something? Like that, supposedly. Because oh. uh, he's so old, he's 3,000 years old, apparently. And, right. Uh, but yeah, it's something I, I think. I think he was just this. Who, what did he call it? Uh, Giuseppe Balsamo, was his, or Balsamo was his real name. Right. And they, they think he, his like, alter ego was. Um, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Kaliostro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I use it as I got wrote about him. But apparently, yeah. he uh, the, the legend that he created around himself was he he was like channeling some spirit that had lived for three thousand years or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A bit like Jesus or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So older than Jesus. Was he kind of <laughs> consequently attacked by the Catholic Church and with, did they I kill him? Think, did they execute him or something? I think he was in prison, but I'm not sure. I can't remember if he was executed or not. I don't yeah. know. Oh, I think uh, I read he was imprisoned and then he moved to a different prison or something and then he died shortly yeah, after that. Yeah, maybe. I've got, I had some notes on him. Oh. But yeah, so, so basically there, there are two versions of the film. There's the longer Spanish version with le- with less nudity and the Lena Romay scenes. And then there is the shorter version without the Lena Romay scenes and with kind of extra nudity. And obviously... Um, uh, when Franco was uh, making this film, General Franco was in charge, so uh, Spanish cinema was he- heavily censored. So that's why the Spanish version is is censored, basically, uh-huh, okay. because right. it wouldn't have been allowed. 
He uh, sorry, he uh, was sentenced to death, but the Pope then changed his sentence to life imprisonment, uh, and he died soon after. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Alistair Crowley believed that he was a reincarnation of uh, Caligula. Who's Alistair Crowley? Alistair Crowley was the famous British occultist and mm-hmm. and like artist and writer and spy. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Page was obsessed with. Jimmy Page lives in his house apparently. Oh, okay. oh. He's the most wicked man in in Britain. Jimmy Page. Uh, and and Alistair Crowley. <laughs> Jimmy Page has got up to some some bad things. Yeah. That would have been that a good link for that. your Beaver um, Town beer. Oh yeah. Right. That's yeah. That's why I said it. <laughs> um, I should point out that. In the background, you can probably hear a cat meowing, and it's my cat, and we can't shut him up. So Django. Sorry about that. Uh, it's, but it also does tie in with the film, because in the film you hear incessant meow from right. some sort of bird. Or oh, bird. yeah. So, what is that? Melissa. We, we can pretend of... this is for effect, but uh, yeah. Is that who that's supposed to be, though? I well, thought it was just like supposed to be an owl or something. No, it's supposed to be her making that noise constantly yeah. throughout the whole thing. Like, there's any time you see like an ambient shot... Yeah, you like can hear it's that. Just that, like. Yeah. Oh well, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe a parts is supposed to be kind of in a little background. Yeah. But it's like they're still using the same sound effect over and over again. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's probably quite likely. Like, the, <laughs> the soundtrack is also like it's it's interesting in its hideousness. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just so full on and noisy. I know. Yeah, it's got a weird free jazz thing going on. That yeah. sounds a bit Twin Peaks-ish, but it sort of reminded me actually of the acid scene in Easy Rider. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just because it's kind of cut with all these weird noises and sound effects, yeah. and it's just sudden cuts. The bit where it's just, whenever it's like uh, supposed to be kind of raising tension, and the piano just going rip it up a toe, 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 It is really. But uh, uh, Jess Franco was a big jazz fan, mm-hmm. and like lots of his pseudonyms, I think, including I mean, I don't really know much about jazz, but Clifford Brown was one of his pseudonyms, and apparently right. Clifford Brown was a big jazz legend. I don't know I don't know Um, much about jazz I don't know Jess Franco loved this jazz so I think that's probably why the soundtrack's a bit like that (laughs) I like jazz but I don't know a lot about it Um, but yeah I suppose I mean I suppose I should probably just say like I mean I suppose the yeah like the the reason I picked it was because of um, we were doing Christopher Frankenstein last time but also I kind of have a bit of an affection for Jess Franco because whenever you first get into him you just think who is this guy this guy's an app either you know, a complete genius or an absolute fucking chancer. Yeah. Um, but his films are just so, uh, just so interesting to watch and just so captivating. I think a lot of the time, and some of them are quite boring. Like the demons was a bit boring, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, well, but this one was though interesting. It's so crazy, isn't it? It was mental, <laughs> and a lot of it didn't make sense. But for some reason, I didn't get the feeling that I wanted to turn it off. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, d- I don't know how to explain it. I mean, like, for, for example, that scene where the the kind of ghosts in the um, bed sheets are wandering through the forest. <laughs> like that, in a, in a kind of... Um, I, I saw kind of like a, a really high-definition picture of that online, and it was kind of presented in like a kind of HD widescreen format. You know, it's just uh-huh. a still image. But it just looked absolutely fantastic, and you just kind of think, like, you know, in the days of Greeny VHS... Um, he probably didn't really do his film as much justice, but I think if you watched like a really good print of Curse of Frankenstein, I think it would yeah. probably be be a lot better. My DVD um, prep is pretty terrible. Oh, I was just wondering about some of it. Like, Paul, on your DVD, was there bits that were just blurry? Like uh, the camera just gone out of focus? Sort of, <laughs> like yeah. The and there, there were bits where the, the soundtrack just cut 
like there was silence. Oh like, yeah, there, there was a bit of climactic moments. Bit, but, yeah. yeah, it just stopped for no reason. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make any sense, and then it just cut to another scene. Yeah, as well. Yeah, um, or even bits where it didn't even cut, where it was just it was like a really intense, uh, like really intense shouting going on, and then just total silence, and then a really intense shouting would like <laughs> come back maybe eight seconds later, or <laughs> like a noticeable amount of time later, and like not really have any dramatic effect. Yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know. Or even the the, the <clears throat> what do you call the doctor? Um, he's, he's like the hero, I suppose. Doctor Seward. Yeah, yeah. Seward. Um, like the police uh, detective, I guess. Who's an awful actor? I could just tell he was an awful yeah. actor. Yeah. Even though I couldn't hear his voice. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, it was just the way he was kind of getting on. Like you know, he kind of like look around him <laughs> constantly. But. Um, yeah, the bit where he throws acid over someone. That just, oh, yeah. <laughs> it just amazing. disappears. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like the head just disappears. <laughs> and their hands fall off. <laughs> it's just like disappearing juice. It's, like, it's brilliant. Like, yeah. It's just, but uh, uh, Dr. Seward, isn't Dr. Seward a character from Dracula? I... I was trying to remember. Maybe it is Dracula. You might be right. There's so he, he's just kind of he's just thrown that in there, hasn't he? He's in Vampiros Lesbos, which I haven't seen. Right, this is the same actor, the, or the character, the actor that plays him is the guy that plays Frankenstein. Right, apparently, but I haven't seen it. So. I think it might be Seward in Macbeth as well. Maybe not as far as I can remember, but I mean, it's a year since I've Macbeth. Um, um, but yeah, I think it must be must be Dracula as well. Yeah. Is that what Vampires Lesbos is? Is that about Dracula? I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It's just Franco as well. Yeah. 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 I think that's supposed to be one of his classics. It is, yeah. Yeah. If I, is this supposed to be one of his classics, though? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The watermark for classic is... Yeah, it's, you, you can yeah, you can tell it's a bit low. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, there are, I mean, there are some genuinely good ones. Uh, he did one called um, the, the Bloody Judge, which uh, was Christopher Lee. Wasn't it? Oh. And it's kind of one of the. It's kind of like a um, witch hunt, kind of medieval witch hunt type yeah. film. Um, and there's another one he did Ooh, called. I've never seen it actually. Um, <clears throat> and there, does he have like? Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. Are, are, is does he have two nieces that are witches? Am I thinking of? No. A Hammer movie maybe with Christopher Lee. Maybe uh, there's a great Christopher Lee movie where two of his nieces are. Uh, are witches and he's a witch finder and uh, I can't remember it might be that I'm not sure but okay. I, I think it might be a hammer actually I think it might be it is a hammer and he did another great film called um, Eugenie the story that's like the, the story of our journey into perversion right. <laughs> it is definitely it's supposed to be a kind of um, sexy kind of titillating nudie type thing it also has Christopher Lee in it um, it's about this kind of young woman who is taken and uh, Maria Rahm, a German act, kind of another, another actress who was in a lot of Jess Franco films she plays a kind of older woman who kind of takes her to this island and they kind of you know have lesbian sex and stuff like that <laughs> and then it ends up that they're trying to sacrifice her I think but it, it's another good film it's just it's brilliantly shot and um, the thing about Jess Franco's films I think is that like you don't have to be embarrassed by uh, watching a film like Erotic Rites of Frankenstein with you know a title like that or watching any of his kind of supposedly erotic films because they are completely hoagly un- unerotic, aren't they? Like, no. they're in no way titillating. <laughs> yeah. they, um, I, I think the erotic writer Frankenstein sort of sort of makes sense in a way with the way the plot turns out in the last, like, four minutes. Uh, <laughs> where 
rediscover that uh, Cagliostro is well actually it doesn't even make sense anyway because uh, <laughs> Cagliostro not Frankenstein but uh, <laughs> Cagliostro is trying to get breed uh, Frankenstein's monster and his own creation the female creation to mm-hmm. you know I still don't understand why though uh, to create a master race to, yeah, uh, but, but certainly yeah, I don't know why it needs to ever be would it I don't no, know I don't yeah. like hideous <laughs> but, but yeah because you may as well just get some fella to fuck another yeah. woman because yeah. like it's still going to be a human yeah. yeah like wherever this bum comes from it's still going to be human testicles <laughs> yeah true yeah it's just some guy's balls yeah, yeah. I know I mean, <laughs> some dead guy's balls um, I know it's like how is that how is that ever remotely and, and, and you know and like you're supposed to be this like you know like immortal sorcerer who can you know come back and take over the world and the best you can do is like sticking a head in another body and getting someone else's creation to have sex with it like that's your grand plan yeah like you know that whole thing where he was using the monster to like kidnap women yeah did he really need to do that I don't know yeah exactly yeah I mean like the most unagile well actually he's not that unagile the creature when it when it uh, when it when it jumps on uh, Vera Frankenstein's bed and it's like all, just like leaps in the bed and it's all like you know, pins are down so it doesn't move like Frankenstein's monster does normally you know <laughs> it's a uh, but yeah I don't know why the, why the fuck does he need that he's got loads of uh, loads of followers all those guys that live in the woods they could probably yeah. do that <laughs> um, yeah well, we'll see all those those were guys with all the skulls and everything. Yeah. There was one guy who was quite funny. He was just completely normal and dressed in normal clothes. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of cut to him and it's like, this guy got lost and he was just trying to like... Yeah, he's a janitor or something. Not yeah. get himself away. Yeah. Just be quiet. Like, uh, Ooh, naked woman, yes. Super racist. I like those. those. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I assume there's meant to be like some sort of Nazi parallel or something. Like Joy Division kind of... Thing, but who knows? Possibly. <laughs> it just, just absolutely crazy though. I mean, because you can see. I mean, what? So, the Hammer Curse of Frankenstein was like fifty-eight or something. Yeah. Fifty-seven, and so, and then Hammer kind of do a few more Draculas and Frankenstein's. So then Jess Franco kind of says, "Oh, fuck it, sure, I'll do one." Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what he comes up with. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you wanted to be really, really, really kind of. Um, uh, like if you if you wanted to give him a lot of credit, you you could say that what he is kind of doing with the fact that Frankenstein is killed off so early on at the start of the film, uh-huh. you could kind of maybe make the argument that this is symbolic. This is Franco saying, "I'm killing okay. the I'm c- killing the traditional Frankenstein story, yeah. Yeah. and I'm going to do my own thing with it. I'm going to bring in Cagliostro and a weird bird woman and yeah. a character from Bram Stoker's Dracula." Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. That's a good point. I suppose, yeah. It was strange in that respect. Like, well, it didn't try to explain the Frankenstein story at all. You know, you just sort of... No, we kind of pick up. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then when it does have to try and explain the backstory, it just sort of glosses over it and says there's this thing called Incisor Ray. The Incisor Ray? Yeah. And it's a bunch of, like... <laughs> it's a bunch of, like, post-its stuck to a filing cabinet <laughs> that are meant to be... But there's like, a red light, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's so good. Isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, the, 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 there is a good line in the Spanish version, and it says, um, because you were asking uh, during the week, we were talking because we, we found Paul so hilarious in the Hammer Curse of Frankenstein. <laughs> um, we were kind of joking, oh, is there a Paul in this one? There kind of is, because at the very start, whenever Frankenstein is kind of 
Was he like dying? I think is at the start. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. His assistant yeah. comes over and he says, "Even though our even though our research has taken diverging paths, you have to blah blah blah." Yeah. So that's kind of in in one sentence that it has given us that backstory that yeah, that, yeah. Sir, that, that they that fell guy. out and no, he's a character who doesn't appear again. Oh really? Does he get killed? I thought Doctor Sir said something like that. But maybe he doesn't say it to Frankenstein. No. He says it to Vera Frankenstein. Well, this is Frankenstein saying it to someone else. Oh, okay. um, I thought you were talking about his wee lab assistant, the guy who's just an extra. Morpho. Or that's, like a guy yeah. that works in the career. That's Jess Franco. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, that's okay. Jess Franco. Oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it just looked like he was a guy from the career. Yeah, he yeah. just has the same, the same, the same concerned expression. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. He, uh, he actually he actually looked like he would have been an amazing character. He's got like he had crazy hair and this sort of sort of weird confused look in his eyes yeah. I thought this guy's going to be fun but well he dies straight away yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. dies straight away I like he appeared in quite, he appeared in quite a few so yeah, cool. crazy bird woman mm. by her hands her yeah. Melissa hilarious Sesame Street hands yeah. <laughs> she's brilliant though I, I, I think she's I think she's great just, and just, uh, yeah well it's just bizarre she, she's so she, like, she, she, like she gives that performance um, Anna Lieber I'm assuming her name is pronounced right. she gives um, she gives a really good performance and I think a really really energetic kind energetic of, certainly passionate, yeah, passionate performance I mean the, the the thing is that that you <laughs> energetic and passionate, yes. <laughs> like you can't really comment on on their on their voice or on the dialogue. No, well, it's it's likely not even that's it. The that's, act, the that was speaking. the that was the thing. The problem I have with it. I thought that speech she that she sort of gave towards the end, um, where she sort of talked about how lucky she is to be uh, Caliostro's sort of creation. Yeah, that she would love to be his lover, but she can't because she's blind. And it's sort of like, yeah, yeah, you're you're. The reaction is sort of like, yeah, you're you're blind, so you know, get over it. You're yeah. you're useless. You know? Yeah, of course you couldn't be, you, you silly silly fool, you blind fool. Um, <laughs> and you sort of feel a bit sorry for her because, like, you know, she's uh, obviously got a real, you know, <laughs> real sort of confidence problem with that, like yeah. self esteem problem. But um, yeah, like it, it seems like it's a really really passionate speech, but you can't, you, you have no idea what the hell it's like originally. Like, so. I know. Yeah, those those like glove things though, like they're hilarious. The glove things? Well, they're me feathers and yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and they are because you see the palm around is normal, but <laughs> yeah, it's just the worst props ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, completely. Just 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 yeah, zero zero budget and just frankly yeah. not really caring. Um, um, when she is eating, a, she's eating somebody. And, yeah, the prisoner. Uh, yeah, and it's it's like a bloody breast, and you just she's basically just licking blood around. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's not really. You, 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 yeah, like ah, scraping the flesh away, but no, it's just moving around yeah, you, you get that a lot in Franco films because there's so many um, kind of eroticised vampire um, films he made whenever they're going in for the big neck bite um, it, it'll just cut away and then it'll cut back and it'll yeah. just be some woman slobbering in a guy's neck with red dye yeah. and just yeah, clearly, yeah. clearly no, no, no incision has been made but um, like, it sort of made me wonder as well like when I was watching that if you watch like older even Italian films as well like uh, any of the, the uh, Jello films why is the blood always like really bright red? Yeah, like, you know, in modern films it's quite dark. Yeah, I, I'm assuming it's an aesthetic thing because because people like Dario Gender were so concerned with kind of stylized violence. Yeah, I'm assuming it, it's it almost is more disturbing. You know, uh, like in that bright 
bright red. Is it? Yeah, it's just a mister. Oh, yeah. You get yeah. Hammer, Hammer films as well. They always had really bright blood. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the film Blood Feast? Um, oh yeah, Herschel Gordon, Herschel Gordon Lewis. I yes, think, yeah. I'm not sure. That's but, another uh, one. Yeah, it's it's good. It's a good film. It's, it's really, uh, really gory. Like but, one of the first uh, splatter films. I think. Yeah. yeah, the blood in that I remember being like really, like really disturbingly pink and stuff, and uh, that obviously didn't look real at all. But it looked it looked extra disturbing because of the mm. color. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, um, Melissa's another character who changes depending on which version you watch. Because yeah. in the erotic rights version, she's naked yeah. basically most of the time, except for <laughs> kind of yeah. a few blue feathers over her body. And then obviously in the uh, Curse of Frankenstein version, she's completely she's got the cloak all over. Yeah. Her. So, Paul, yeah. You, you obviously you haven't seen any of the erotic scenes. No, it must have been for want of a better word. <laughs> no, it, uh, my cut was obviously. Um, <clears throat> Just yeah, just translated into German, and then badly dubbed back into English with some subtitles that didn't make any sense. <laughs> well, I noticed that in shame. the erotic scenes, um, Vera Frankenstein. Well, in the normal version, anyway, the are the, the, the cut we watched first, the Spanish, the Spanish kind of thing. It is, yeah, you would have seen as well. Paul, um, Vera Frankenstein suddenly wears this ridiculous dress that shows a lot of cleavage. Yeah, at some stage, but in the erotic cut. Whenever she's uh, in the same position, she's wearing like a full apron. Oh right, that covers okay. up everything. Yeah. Did you notice that? Oh no, I didn't notice that. It's really weird. But then obviously the the scene where she's being whipped, she's uh-huh. completely stark naked. Right. And the guy is completely stark naked as well. Oh right, okay. In, yeah, but he's wearing the, like a wee Tarzan thing. And yeah. Uh, well, and the, you see everything oh, okay. in the erotic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the start of the show, I think you said there were no willies in it or something. <laughs> yeah. As a joke. Yeah. But, uh, there but, aren't. <laughs> well, in, in the erotic version, you, you see your man's cock mm-hmm. uh, dur- during that scene, <laughs> and it lasts it lasts for a lot, lot longer, I think. Right. Um, so you see a lot more nudity, and there's a brilliant bit whenever they finally fall over, and I, th- I think I only noticed this in the Spanish version. Um, whenever he falls over, you can see one of the spikes is just bending. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just no, clearly yeah. cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know why they decided to make the monster silver as well. I know. I know, yeah, it's what like, the fuck? It looks so weird. Because yeah, you can see it rubbing off in some Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always not silver at all. And somebody's <laughs> just, like, very fucking glowing. Like. Yeah, it's like, I thinking, like, that's what a corpse looks like when it's been manipulated, or is it... Yeah. To make it more, like, metallic? Or make it more sci-fi or something? Make it more robotic or something? Yeah. But, but, but interestingly, because we were talking about in the, the Hammer Curse of Frankenstein, that they had to make it really different so that Universal wouldn't sue. Yeah. The Jess Franco's one is fairly close to the Bar- Boris yeah. Karloff Frankenstein, isn't it? He probably thought he couldn't be touched or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 He probably thought, like, why bother with this guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Who gives a shit? <laughs> Not going to challenge us. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, But also, like, they couldn't. There's no way they could possibly say they ripped off our plot. This is a similar movie. It's, it's not at all. It's a, maybe that's why they painted them silver. <laughs> just fuck it. Just to It'll be different. Yeah. To make it not. Yeah, we're resemble. obviously not ripping off Universal because we've got a silver monster. Yeah. <laughs> and Universal will go, okay, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Did you guys have a problem trying to distinguish when it was set? Uh, oh, that, that, actually, that's I a good point. Really think about it, but yeah, I wasn't really sure. I think it's because the Caliostra <coughs> stuff just it just smacks of medieval. Yeah. Whereas yeah. then you're also going well if it's similar to the Hammer one in terms of time period. 
then it's like quite well, that was like late 1800s yeah must have been yeah so you're going eh, I think so yeah <laughs> I mean gi- given their clothes I mean Dr. Sue has got a kind of Sherlock Holmes get up doesn't he yeah. so yeah yeah it could be anywhere between early 20th like, century uh, late, late Victorian late, late 19th century I think yeah late Victorian yeah um, yeah it could be anything yeah I know I think it's just because the Caliosa stuff's just set in a castle. Yeah. And yeah. It's all, like, exactly, he's, yeah. he's wearing a weird get-up as well. And did, <laughs> did the castle change at one point? I think it might have been a different castle. Maybe it was a different angle. The, the exterior? Yeah. Could have well done. I think it might have been two different castles. I'm not sure. <laughs> it could have been two different sides of the castle, to be fair, I suppose. I think uh, one of my favourite scenes in it was when uh, Dr. Seward and the detective guy are trying to break into the castle. Yeah. That's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happens? It's just them. It really reminded me of the scene in, was it Ace Ventura, where he's sneaking along the wall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it them, like, sort of sneaking, like, yeah. walking straight, <laughs> strafing along the <laughs> like trying not to be caught like they're just standing like, like sort of yeah. <laughs> the only guys with clothes up and still no one catches them <laughs> I mean whenever it actually gets down to it all your man has to do is <clears throat> say to the monster oh he killed your master and that's it yeah Caliostro is done for yeah Caliostro is shit I know why Why if Caliostro has like control over all of these guys why did why was yeah what the fuck why was we easy to, <laughs> to kill like, like he doesn't die in the end he, mm. we shouldn't give it away but you won't care I um, couldn't understand because obviously with, with Franco you know um, it's you know you save as much money as possible so I thought it, it ends with um, Cagliostro getting in his, his horse and carriage and escaping fleeing the castle yeah and then all that happens is the camera zooms in on the rocks. Yeah. And I assumed that was that was basically saying he, he has crashed into the rocks and yeah, died. But there's nothing about that. And, because and, then, and he keeps talking, so Because then Vera says yeah. I know why he's laughing, because he's gone, but he will come back again. The gypsy girl's gonna bring him back. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. So I think that that's what that means. He's he's crashed into the river and seemingly at the ocean and seemingly died, but Vera Frankenstein somehow knows that Esmeralda is going to bring him back. There's something. <laughs> there's something she says. It's like uh, that laugh. That's a that's a, <laughs> a strong jovial laugh, which means he's still alive. <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> what kind of fucking laugh. <laughs> if he's laughing, he's alive. It's a disembodied laugh. Yeah. <laughs> is that not enough? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that as well. Like you don't even you don't really see the horse at all, do you? It's just him. Yeah, I don't it's remember. Just like, his face. Yeah, yeah, I, I think maybe a, I don't even know if there is a horse. Is there a sign of a horse or something? Um, I got the impression that he did ride off into something. Yeah. Maybe they just said he's riding off. Yeah. And you, you don't even see the path that he's taken. You just like it's no. close up of them, like running out of the castle. <laughs> yeah. Obviously looking at him, but you can't see that. It doesn't no. like the film. It doesn't, yeah. They don't film that at any point. And then it just keeps cutting to him laughing. <laughs> and then it cuts to the ocean and the rocks. I mean, they're going, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, it's it's the the castle's amazing. Um, it's a good example of Jess Franco always always picked really good locations. And I suppose if you're trying to make um, films for as little money as possible, you're going to rely on stuff that's already there, which is good scenery or yeah. kind of old buildings. Which I suppose if you're filming in Spain and Portugal, it's yeah, not going to be too difficult yeah. to find nice coastlines or old relics and things like that. 
true because it does look good and and he does, does yeah. and he does frame it well I think yeah you know, he kind of yeah. like you know twirls twirls about it and does kind of scanning shots and you know kind true. of looks up at it and um I think he frames it well I think I think it's a bit like um Cannibal Holocaust, you know, like most of it is kind of just batshit crazy, but mm. there are moments when yeah. you when you go actually, yeah, he, he he was a pretty good director. He he actually had a good eye for for certain things, and certain things yeah. do work visually anyway. I think that's maybe the problem, though. It's definitely just moments, like because mm. there's like there's a lot of scenes, but then I don't, I don't know whether it's like I'm being too harsh because like there's some scenes where like it's just really dark. I don't know whether I should put that down to the way it was films and you know like just degradation like times yeah. past and mm-hmm. stuff like that or whether like he just didn't know that you should use some lights yeah and things yeah. like that or he didn't have a budget to like get lights and things like that I would I would maybe say he's a promising cinematographer rather than a talented director but mm. at that point I don't know <laughs> I think I think a lot of the times he, he, he had problems with budgets in, in that he didn't get things that he was promised so yeah. film producers would come and say we're going to do this and we're going to do that and then he would agree to it and then it would all fall through for example Bloody Moon he apparently was on when they first initially approached him to do it because um, Franco likes erotic films and things like that he didn't he only really did horror when someone said I'll pay a lot of money to do a slasher film so Bloody Moon is like a film like that and um, he was promised um, a makeup artist from Hollywood and a soundtrack written and performed by Pink Floyd <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> and you can imagine out of those two, how many he got? Neither. Um, I think from Hollywood could mean anything. Uh, Pink Floyd. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as if. Can you imagine like, Roger Waters sitting down to, yeah. to write a soundtrack for a gory Spanish... <laughs> That's beautiful. ...jello? <laughs> Seeing these guys walking through a forest in bed sheets. Yeah. <laughs> how do I fucking score this? <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, Lena Rom is, a, is an interesting character, um, and I suppose uh, you're probably talking about the scenes with her in it. They're, they're kind of they're very very dark, aren't they? Yeah, they are quite dark. I, there was a few with even just shots of, um, I think it's the funeral uh, where where, where uh, Frankenstein's buried hmm. before they revive him. There's a few like shots where they go in there before they steal the coffin back. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's just incredibly dark and you can't see anything. This is yeah. bizarre, but yeah, those those ones with Esmeralda are quite Esmeralda. <laughs> it actually gets annoying how, how many times he says Esmeralda. Just like, Shut up. <laughs> um, yes, well, I mean, it could even be like they filmed female vampire, and then just Franco went. Actually, we could film a few few scenes here quickly, and then put them back in the Curse of Frankenstein. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, when you said when you said that, but they added those after. Why? Why did they add those after? It's Maybe. Well, actually, I, maybe I said, some. yeah, when it, you said the gypsy girl will bring him back, then okay, fair enough. Sort of like explains it. It helps explain it, I guess, because not very well, but um, yeah. <laughs> it helps. But the the the, yeah. the the bit at the end where Bear Frankenstein says about the gypsy girl, that, that mustn't have been in the, in the European version or in the non Spanish version because the gypsy girl doesn't appear, so that line would make no yeah. sense. Yeah, true. Mm. <laughs> But but what I was thinking was maybe they filmed the female vampire and then it was like getting towards the end of the day they were wrapping up and I thought fuck it we'll, we'll shoot ten minutes of you kind of wandering around looking beautiful yeah but it was getting a bit dark 
and they just yeah. thought fuck it we'll film it anyway but we don't have lights <laughs> yeah. so that's why it just looks yeah <laughs> but it, it kind of I mean, it lends it a kind of blue tone it, it, it looks it kind of looks quite nice it does yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure actually at first the first couple of times <clears throat> first couple of scenes I thought well this is like this poor light has been chosen for a reason but uh, no. yeah. it, it sort of lends a dreamy quality to it as well though. yeah like, it does yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's the thing about that film it's just so bizarre at times but like as I said earlier you find yourself being kind of fascinated by some yeah. of it <laughs> yeah it's just yeah but um, like speaking of the alternate cuts and things that don't make sense um, maybe I'm wrong about this but I'm pretty sure when I watch the extra scenes which is the, the erotic bits yeah. Um, <laughs> in inverted commas. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the bit where Vera Frankenstein is being converted by Cagliostro. Yes. Um, I wasn't sure when I was originally watching the film if she was just putting on a front. Yeah, if she did yes. the look kind of But yeah. then in the erotic scenes, it explains it more. And uh, what do you call the bird woman? Melissa. Melissa says. Um, uh, Cagliostro like appreciates that you're putting up such an effort to like keep him out. And all this. Oh, right, okay. To keep you out. Uh, Caliostro. From her mind. And then she says the magnetism stuff. Oh, well, yeah. Which okay. isn't, I don't think that's in the, the cup no, that we watched. So it explains it more. And then if you had heard that the first time, you wouldn't have thought that. Because, uh, like, when, when we were watching it, we were thinking she's just going to, like, kill him at some stage. She's just. Yeah. Mess, yeah. She's yeah. pretending. Yeah. But, but then you find out that she's not actually pretending. She's, like, she's actually yeah. fighting against him. Yeah, she's but, trying and she can't. Yeah. But. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess. But yes, exactly. Just some of it's so ambiguous, in a sense, difficult to understand what's actually being intended. So mm, yeah, you, you, you can't work out. You you can't you can't work out whether or not she's actually yeah um, faking it. <laughs> but yeah, the his his kind of his relationship with Lena Romy is quite interesting um, because um, she basically appeared in just shit, shit loads of his films um, and he ended up marrying her and I think they were just kind of friends and partners and stuff kind of and collaborators throughout their career um, but before that his kind of leading lady was um, a woman called Soledad Miranda I've never seen any of the films that she's in um, she starred in uh, Vampiris Lesbos okay. but she actually died in a car accident in Portugal in 1970 right. and then a year later Franco met Lena Rome. Uh-huh. And then they kind of worked together for the next forty years or so. Yeah. Um, and he appeared. She appeared in films like um, the Bare Breasted Countess. Um, <laughs> I know. It's just uh, and a Virgin Among the Living Dead. Um, the Bare Bre- the Bare Breasted Countess is, is uh, quite interesting. Um, she just kind of walks around, just um, not really wearing much, kind Bare of breasted. Lure- luring men <laughs> yeah. to their luring men to their deaths. Um, and as she should um, so yeah she, she I think she was maybe like six or seven years younger than him but she, she died um, it would have been about two must have been about 2010 or 11 or something like that she died she yeah, yeah. Right. and then he died like kind of like a um, June Carter Johnny Cash type thing yeah, he, he yeah. died you know maybe about a year afterwards yeah. oh. um, so most People kind of say, you know, broken heart and things. They were like that. together uh, for like, yeah, until until they died. Yeah, they didn't marry until quite later on, I think. Right. But they were always together and partners and yeah. Um and so, yeah, it's that kind of thing. But I mean, yeah, Jess Franco was a massive smoker. I think he was like, you know, three packets a day type guy. So right. that probably didn't help. 
but um, yeah, so yeah, so she died of cancer, and then Jess Franco died of natural causes, whatever right. that means. Right. Um, but yeah, just the, the, they're it's just like like the they must have had some life together, you know. It's yeah, just yeah. it's really interesting um, aspect of his films. Um, the only other films I've seen really with her in in it that I can think of is one of them was called Woman Behind Bars, and uh, Jess Franco did loads of women in prison films. Um, have you guys ever seen any <laughs> women in prison films? I think I might have years ago. Yeah, or two, but I... the Italians and Spanish were yeah. really, really into. There was a big um, kind of market for that at the time. Um, struggling to think of like female uh, prison films. Caged Heat. Caged That's one I've seen. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember anything about it. That yeah. sounds like yeah. But yeah, I've seen Orange is the New Black. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's mostly yeah. So, so those films are mostly kind of like uh, eroticized torture, kind of you know sadism and things like that. But you know, just typical Jess Franco. They're neither disturbing nor titillating. Just quite fun <laughs> yeah. to watch. Um, yeah. w- Women behind bars is hilarious. It's supposed to be uh, a really like impenetrable prison that that they're in, but like um, it's got like tennis courts. And um, <laughs> at one stage, Lena Rame's character is just sitting having a cigarette, and like behind her through this like basically a tennis fence you can see like the village and people walking around and stuff and uh, I think there's like a a vending machine at one point in the inside and it's just like just doesn't give a shit (laughs) but yeah there's a scene where she has like um, uh, what would you call them Um, things like hooked up to her uh, vagina and she's being like um, like, like an electric shock and she's kind of screaming and stuff and uh, the sadistic warden's kind of getting off on it but it sounds so bad but when you're watching it it's it's just it's yeah. it's almost um, charming how <laughs> shit it is Jesus. okay um, but uh, Women Behind Bars was a video nasty uh, right yeah. I think it might have been Woody Spiko as well hmm. yeah. and Night of, the, Night of the Assassins which is kind of like a giallo film she was very young in that one as well it's, it's actually quite good it's not erotic at all it's like a kind of Hotel, you know, murder, murder mystery type thing. Yeah, pretty cool. So, yeah. I wonder if I'll dig through more uh, Franco. I'm unsure. <laughs> even yeah. just, even just out of curiosity. Yeah, I think it's obviously he made a quite a big contribution to to horror and and film. So yeah, like, is he seen some sort of pioneer? I don't know. Is he? I don't think so. I think he's more just kind of seen as like a kind of cult director. Yeah. Um I've 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 spoken to any kind of Spanish person I've met um who's been about my age and I've I usually kind of asked them if you've ever heard of Jess Franco and more often than not they've never heard of him. And I, I find that surprising, especially given that he died two years ago, I would have thought yeah. maybe you never heard of him, but if if he died maybe you might have picked up on something, but no, just Yeah. Because I I was kind of thought you, you might have been, you know, in the same way as like Hitchcock in Britain or something. You know, everyone knows Jess Franco, but I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. The Spanish Hitchcock. 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 Pick up a collection, Coffin Jewel collection, a while back. The Brazilian director, I think Brazilian. Hmm. And uh, um, seems to have been a, a real, uh, real, like, cult like video nasty style but uh, a lot earlier I think uh, I think he started did you tell me about that yeah maybe I picked it up ages ago and I totally forgot about it and I found it again recently uh, I found it again last week and when I was when I had the, the choice between watching a Coffin Joe movie and this 
And I thought, right, fuck, I better watch, I better watch uh, Young Frog Gag and Frankenstein. And uh, I watched it. Well, I'm glad, glad I watched it in a way. But <laughs> I was like, fuck, I'm gonna be watching Coffin Joe. It's like there's about nine movies in this box set. It, um, it, uh, it, it looks brilliant. It looks. Uh, I know. I saw that. So I, I might, uh, might have to choose. Uh, Mm. a Coffin Joe one next time I'm I was looking at that on Amazon because someone recommended it I wonder was it you it might have been me because I picked it up uh, I picked it up ages ago and I think I sent you a message about it saying mm. have you heard of this guy and, I must have uh, been at them yeah so I still haven't watched any of it but mm. uh, it looks class mm. uh, it looks kind of quite self-referencing one of the films is called The Legend of Coffin Joe and it's I think I think it's a slasher <laughs> but uh, I don't know so I don't know if he makes himself uh, a character in it. who knows yeah we may never we may never get around to watch it yeah um, um, I'm sort of intrigued by Vampiros Lesbos though yeah like if that's supposed to be his like opus <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it'd um, just be interesting to see like because I can't imagine if that's the erotic rights of Frankenstein I can't really imagine that living up to its name either in terms um, of what it's supposed to be I know yeah <laughs> I, I think his, woman <laughs> is a vampire I think his erotic vampire films are a lot more um Kind of erotic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got one of the, one of the um, kind of Lena Rame um, vampire films, but I got a, I bought it in America and I haven't tried it out yet to see when I work on my DVD or my Blu-ray player. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. It might just be called Exorcism in the title of the version I have. Um. But yeah, I definitely want to see more of the films in, with with Lena Romay in it because you always get something interesting, I think, with the two of them working together. I'll be honest, I don't, even after watching her in a film, I don't know what she looks like. I haven't, you couldn't, you couldn't make out her face. Yeah, I know, it's <laughs> you know? so bloody dark. I yeah. thought she reminded me of, like, Megan Fox. Yeah, she has that possibly. Look yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, like yeah, it just kind of looks like her. Yeah, like, yeah. That's what I came to mind when I saw her. Yeah. Another quite funny bit with the um, uh, whole low budget makeup and stuff is when Britt Nichols' character gets decapitated. <laughs> yeah. uh, she the, obviously could be bother making her prosthetic likeness of her head so they just basically film her from the neck up and pretend yeah. it's a severed head <laughs> and with a guy kind of holding her hold, holding her hair. It's a very quick decapitation considering the size of the implement they have. Yeah, he just like makes a wee slit across her throat, and <laughs> yeah. then the next thing you know, her head's falling on the floor. <laughs> Where do they get the body? That's what. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. If that's the perfect creation, did they not just use the one thing and maybe reattach the head? By the looks of things, were they using her head? And another body, or were they using her body and another head? Do you remember the? I can't remember. Do you remember <laughs> the scene body. where the woman is lying and she's being painted by an artist? Mm. Yeah, that's another scene that's, that's different in the Spanish version. She's fully clothed, in the other version, she's completely naked. Uh-huh. She then gets up, kisses the artist, oh, gets her hair stuck in his mustache. Gets oh, her yeah. hair stuck in his mustache. <laughs> Walks away, <laughs> and then that's it. The artist as well, like his drawing is completely <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. I don't even know. It's, it's like, well, I don't know. I, I like it's like something I would paint, and I can't or draw, and I can't draw for shit. But like we don't, um, we don't see either of those two again for the rest of the film, do we? But that was foiled, was it not, by Vera Frankenstein? What was he, it? Um, him taking the body. Uh, but the monster, sorry. 
What do you mean? Uh, the monster takes the body of the model, but then Vera yeah. Frankenstein comes along and like sort of says, you know, I'm the uh, I'm the daughter of your master, and you have to yeah. listen to me and stuff. And oh, but when, yeah. does, when does Frankenstein take take the body? I think does that happen after? But do we see him? Do we see? Oh, sorry, the Frankenstein's monster. But do we see the monster? He attacking the model. I don't remember. That. I don't really remember. <laughs> you do. You sort of hear. You sort of hear uh, Melissa. Melissa squawks, don't you? And then. Uh-huh. Uh. That's obviously it then. And then yeah, but but then Frankenstein's monster does come and yeah. take the. And, the, 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 <laughs> and then that, it. it's very confusing. But uh, that would also make sense, um, I suppose, if he's looking for the perfect um, person, then uh, he would he would take like a, a model's body, wouldn't he? But definitely yeah. to leave it behind though, because there's a point where that detective guy says that a model's body was found. Oh yeah, uh, and it was it had been ripped. Fucking hell! Yeah, they definitely say that. So, so where do they get the body? Where, where do they get her body from then? <laughs> I don't know. And anyway, I mean the it's like the, the actress is called Britt Nichols. I mean she she's unbelievably beautiful anyway, and she's got a fantastic figure. <laughs> so he doesn't need like. She, she's already an incredibly beautiful woman. You, yeah. you just need to cut her head off and put, and put her head on the body of another incredibly beautiful woman. I, I assume it, the, the point is that it's it's like uh, like in Hammer's Curse of Frankenstein, they do it because they can. You know, they're trying to prove that he can. So he wants to he wants to experiment and yeah, prove that he can he can make a, a race from reattached body parts rather than. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know, you just wonder, like, what What are you hoping... Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So it reminds me of that uh, joke from... Remember Fist of Fun with Richard Harrington? Yeah. Early? And there was a whole thing through... that The running joke through that was that Richard Harrington's perfect woman was the uh, was the body of Julius Wahala and the head of Julius Wahala. <laughs> 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 um... <laughs> Yeah, I've been flicking through this this book, Bleeding Skull, nineteen uh, eighties trash horror odyssey, uh, by Joseph A. Ziemba and Dan Budnick, which somebody bought me recently, and I, I'd forgotten that I'd, I looked up Jess Franco uh, a while back in it and found there was loads of stuff on it, and I didn't really read it, but uh, there are about seven or eight entries for Jess Franco in this, and uh, the first one is for Bloody Moon. It does reference the Radic Roger Frankenstein, mm. but uh, just that it made a video nasty list. Um, or no. Uh, yeah um, but starts with this brilliant line on the seventh day God rested on the eighth day Jess Franco made a slasher it was a very good week <laughs> nice <laughs> but uh, yeah so I'll, I'll have to check the, there's quite a load of listens for him in here so I'm going to have to check them all out but they all seem to be post erotic rights so <laughs> <laughs> post erotic rights yeah amazing <laughs> yeah so we'll have to revisit him I think kind of shortly after um, Erotic Rights, he, uh, well, yeah, I think it was kind of late 70s, early 80s, he kind of started making kind of more straight-up horror films, and that's when you get things like Oasis of the Zombies and Zombies Lake and Bloody Moon, um, and kind of more, uh, and a few cannibal films, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just basically kind of, it's just basically producers saying, yeah, like, will you, you know, cannibal films are popular, will you make us a cannibal film? And him just yeah. going... 
Yeah, give me a week. I'll, I'll, give me I'll, a week. I'll, yeah. I'll knock up a couple of them. <laughs> give me a week and a couple of corpses. It's <laughs> Django uh, scratching my we've, laptop we've bag. No, we've no freed the cat and <laughs> lift your laptop bag and stop him doing it. We've now freed the cat and he's now being a dick in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Django. Um, what was in there? Um, oh yeah, so then he made like a different, other kind of more kind of straight up horror films. Yeah. Um, but I think like uh, Spanish horror doesn't really get the um, the same credit as Italian no. horror. Everyone thinks you know European horror. You think you think Italy, don't you? Yeah, but you I, I think I think maybe in, in modern times it's um, like Guillermo del Toro has made Spanish language horror something, uh, given it a different edge, and it's it's become a lot more psychological and a lot more yeah um, sort of introspective. I think Spanish fiction and Spanish drama and stuff in general is this real that real sort of uh, nature to it where it's uh, it's very very psychological and mm. um, very concerned with I don't know very concerned with uh, with I've totally lost the thread of what I'm saying <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Spanish drama <laughs> very concerned with um, exploration of the the narrator's psyche in relation to its uh, like a very classically modernist I suppose you would say mm-hmm. um, but um, and yeah there's something about that in, in definitely in the horror Guillermo del Toro anyway is there much like is, 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 is he Spanish even I can't remember his uh, Spanish yeah. language but yeah I think he's I'm pretty sure he is yeah but I was just like is there any other big Spanish directors that would have existed like contemporaries of Franco well, like, Amando de Sario is the one that I can think of um, and there's also I'm trying to look him up here because I can't remember his name his last name is Ibanez but it was <laughs> in the make guitars as well <laughs> yeah I've got one of those guitars <laughs> I can't remember which, which episode it was Paul but it was you were trying to remember the name of a film that in which um, at the very end uh, the guy guns down a load of kids yes and it's called like Island of Yes. Yeah. It it was Island of it, Children or it, it was it was called Island of Death. Island of Death, yeah. And that is why the Greek video nasty Island of Death yeah. was released under a different title. Right. Because the, the, the actual title I think for the, the Spanish film we're talking about is Who Can Who Can Kill a Child? <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of uh, works for Yeah. Um and I'm just, I'm just like IMDb. I can't remember the the the, the guy's name. Um, I will look it up. That makes for a brilliant. Uh, that Mark Gatiss, uh, or is it Horror Europa? Or something? Yeah, there you go. Um, it makes for a, a brilliant uh, part of that. So it is. He was called uh, Narciso Ibanez Serrador. Right. So I suppose he would have been a contemporary of uh, Franco yeah, in 1976. And Amanda de Sorio, he did the uh, Blind Dead trilogy. He, he was kind of 72. Uh, right, cool. 71. When did uh, the other so, Franco die? General Franco. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, it'd be interesting to I know. I think how. it was the seventies, was it? I thought it was later than that. I thought it was like late eighties. It was eighties. Could have been. It was either yeah. like late seventies or early eighties. But it would have been interesting to see like just how film changed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Paul died in uh, nineteen seventy-five. Yeah. Um, like, I was actually going to say as ridiculous as it sounds parts of the rights of Frankenstein reminded me of like Dali films 
Have you ever yeah, seen I've never seen any. Yeah, I've seen some. Yeah, it's obviously but what you'd expect. Just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's really surreal. A kind of Andy Warhol type thing. Or is uh, it no, even weirder? No, they're they're weirder. Um, you can see. I think some of them are on YouTube anyway. Yeah. Um, Shannon Deleuze is that is that Dolly? Mm, can't remember. Like, uh, but I, I've seen that one with we've seen the one where it's like there's a bunch of priests dragging a piano across the floor I haven't seen that <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird one um, and uh, hang on it's not the yeah. style, isn't it this, the Spanish kind of have a knack for producing really esoteric subversive weird horror yeah I mean even you know when Del Toro's stuff is is um, a bit more accessible than Jess Franco but it's still weird isn't it I always like wonder if that's a product of the system that they were working under, like just because you can't really get away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Because there, there probably would have been, as you said earlier, like heavy censorship. Yeah. So like the way you would create horror is a bit more surreal, make people feel uncomfortable. But I was trying to put myself in the mind of someone who would have watched that in Spain. I'm kind of thinking, would they have been scared by watching this? I wasn't really sure. Well, Chandler is doing well. <clears throat> But uh, what's that fucking dolly one called? What would I mean? What would like a young kind of couple in their early twenties living in Spain in nineteen seventy two who wanted to go and catch a horror film and be all scared in the cinema together? What would they have thought if they'd gone to see Erotic Rites of Frankenstein? That's the thing. I don't really know. <laughs> it's, I think like we watch things with a lot of context and like you know in terms of history, so we've seen everything disturbing that you can possibly think of. So it's, it's sometimes like why old horror films aren't as disturbing as they should be, but then when you give it like that sort of thought that you have to like view it within a certain context of ignoring contemporary stuff, mm-hmm. then it, it is it deserves the treatment of that attitude of like it is kind of disturbing. And mm. um, like say something like The Exorcist, for example. Yeah. Like, a lot of people watch that now, and some people laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, stuff like that it's hard to know um, like even something like I watched uh, 2001 recently and that's like a lot of people just like see the special effects and kind of like laugh at those now mm-hmm. but I think if you sort of appreciate it for when it was filmed it is kind of amazing in its own way Yeah. but I think I, but then I struggle to kind of <laughs> put that attitude towards the rights of or the I know of yeah things. exactly yeah <laughs> you're right mm. <laughs> Uh, it's Dali and Boonwell. Oh, okay. But I, I, I think the thing you've got to take away, take away from it is anyway. is how how nicely shot it is, and and it's so colourful, especially the bits where they're kind of having the uh, flagellation scenes, and uh, <laughs> and it's also kind of shrouded skull figures looking through the the bars, and it's all kind of reds and kind of um, there's a great um, moment in one of the uh, um, cut scenes. When kind of Vera Frankenstein is under uh, Cagliostro's spell and Melissa's kind of you know talking to her, and it just cuts to her, and um, like half of her face is in shadow and the other half is in bright light, and just, yeah. you can just see the outline of her nose and her chin. It's it's, yeah. it's perfect. It's like a it's like an Anna Leibovitz uh, portrait almost. You know, yeah. it's um, it's actually you kind of look at that and go, actually maybe maybe he did he did know what he was doing and just a lot of yeah, time just I, didn't I, care. I th- I think he, he you're right. He did it with moments and. Uh, in his moments, he was he was very good, but you don't think that there his, his moments weren't all pervading. I, I don't think they dominated. I think they were. Uh, 
they were sort of the exceptions to prove the rule. Almost. Few and far between. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I think, like, what you were saying earlier, Paul, like, maybe he shouldn't have been a director. He was definitely yeah. more of a cinematographer. Yeah. Point, like. yeah maybe. Because, yeah, like, even those things you're talking about, Ian, like, the ones where it's kind of funny as well, where the those things are walking with the bed sheets through the woods. Yeah. yeah. Like, it is kind of interesting to look at. And the way it's paired with that sort of bizarre, insane, like, uh, like almost cacophony, you know, all the that weird music coming mm-hmm. at you. Like it's sort of like it is captivating in a way, but like it's it's like the the whole thing overall when it's all put together, it just sort of doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wondered, did you guys have the same dub as the one I had? The same music? Had a lot of the, a lot of the yeah, the cacophony and a lot, of, but a lot of the sort of, sort of free jazz beats yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah same, a lot yeah. of that. Did, did you get the yeah I think so yeah. <laughs> I, I assume so I assume but that's what I'm thinking of <laughs> yeah. um, we'll never know but <laughs> I think whenever I first saw The Curse of Frankenstein it was like I was kind of I, I was aware that I was going to watch um, uh, a Spanish version of the Frankenstein story that was made in 1972 uh-huh. and I thought this probably has the potential to be incredibly boring. Yeah. Especially when you take some of like some of Amanda de Sorio's films, some of the uh, Blind Dead stuff. They're very, very slow moving and just really tedious dialogue. And even when the monsters do appear, they're really, really slow. And you just know that you can clearly outrun them. And it's, it, it's very strenuous to watch because it's actually quite slow paced and boring. And I was thinking uh-huh. this, this could potentially be really, really tedious. Yeah. But I think whenever you see those... Um, like like the figures coming through the forest with this with the shrouds or the the kind of skull figures in the prison and things like that you kind of you like you're you're just hit with a really really um direct and um inventive kind of horror aesthetic and that yeah. that in itself is entertaining for me you kind of just looking at these kind of weird gothic figures you just kind of go that's class that that gives me the kind of horror buzz that you kind of want from it you know yeah. sometimes if you're watching a Hammer film you're just kind of thinking right, come on this is taking ages I know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially for something like you know, 1972 I mean that, that's that's relatively early on in the kind of horror revival really isn't it I mean that's yeah. kind of true you know what I mean like there weren't really many other there weren't really many other films being made at that time that were that kind of that fastly paced or that visually visually exciting I don't think yeah yeah. I suppose though when you juxtapose it with like the Curse of Frankenstein like the Hammer version it's like you get more involved in the story though <laughs> it's, what in this one? Uh, oh sorry no the uh, the Hammer oh yeah the Hammer yeah. version like because like there's more of a story built up and yeah there is you get involved yeah. within uh, well Victor's mad insane mind yeah, yeah. Um, it's, just, a, it's just yeah it's got a much stronger narrative and it's got much more compelling characters and, and Peter Cushing and Peter Cushing and, Peter Cushing. Yeah. and, and uh, the guy that plays Paul oh no Paul or is it think that's maybe the main problem with the rights of Frankenstein you can't really get invested in too many of the characters yeah. no because it's sort of like it does sort of start like very suddenly with just like them getting killed and then the monster being stolen mm. and you're sort of given backgrounds very quickly yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing I thought was hilarious is like after um, Frankenstein is killed people keep bringing him back to life yeah and like when it's happened it's hilarious when it's happened like the third time and he's like oh again you know, like if you're a Frankenstein you'd be like would everyone just fucking stop reviving me yeah. or not I mean come on but he's terrible he's 
fucking useless <laughs> parting informations. Hands. Yeah. They're like, who is doing this? And he's like, oh, he's a terrible man. <laughs> <laughs> he's Peter the worst man in the world. He's been around 3,000 years. <laughs> and he keeps, he keeps like imparting more and more and more information. But he doesn't <laughs> actually say his name. He obviously knows everything about him. Yeah. And tells you everything about him, except his name. <laughs> where you can find him, where the castle is. And, and doesn't uh, that go on and on and on? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, goes, tell me, Ostro, eventually. <laughs> like, right, thank you. That's all I, we need to do. I can turn you off again. Yeah. <laughs> well, apart from when Dr. Seward revives him and it's pretty instant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. But, uh, the, and, uh, they also say the incisor ray has reached the limit, yet he's still going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and also, why um, when... Uh, <laughs> Stop, hey, Django stop that I... cat from ruining your thing. Yeah, <laughs> why, when, uh, why does he get up and come properly to life? When sure. Yeah. I, I, I rewind it to see if I missed something, but I don't. Like he's more like a kind of um. He's more like a zombie whenever he finally yeah. rises like that, isn't he? That's yeah. when he gets melted by the. Sulfuric acid. <laughs> right, yeah. Disappeared, I suppose. Isn't that brilliant? Like, <laughs> gets evaporated or instantly evaporated. A tiny splat and he just disappears. Yeah. In, ter- in, in terms of the difference between the kind of information that you get through the different language versions, there's one other difference that I can think of. Um, it is, do you remember after uh, Melissa has brought the Frankenstein's woman, the woman Frankenstein, to life? Yeah, and Kelly Ostro rewards her with that with the prisoner. <laughs> oh yeah. In the Spanish version, he actually says, um, "Take this key and go down to cell number ten. There's a present for you." Right. Whereas in the English language version, I think he just says, "Go down and pick any cell of your choice." Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he also says, oh, right. that, uh, "Remember that present I told you about?" Yeah. Well, it's, I don't think he has mentioned before. He really mentioned. It's not oh, in okay. the presence of the camera. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then whenever she gets down there, um, Melissa's obviously that, that that scene is longer and more nudated, but where she's just basically attacking one of the prisoners. Yeah, well, I wasn't just talking on his neck. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't sure about that scene if she's supposed to be having sex with him or something. I, I know that's, and that's the thing. It, it could well be that, but um, I think she's just kind of biting him and stuff, isn't and she? She's like, no, no, please. Uh, You're a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She reminds me of that scene in Great Escape. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the Scottish guy's talking to uh, uh, Steve McQueen, and he's like, uh, he's like, I can't wait to see some birds. And he's like, What do you mean, birds? And he's like, Birds! Girls! Don't you have girls in America? What are these girls you speak of? <laughs> Speaking of which, I mean, would you say that? Curse of Frankenstein or whatever Rights of Frankenstein is sexist would you, uh, say, it's, would you say it's misogynistic probably <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> I think uh, all, the, yeah. all the women are young attractive and nude and yeah. tied up and uh, yeah I, I think I don't think they are there they are there to make a point about sexism or anything I think they are just there to be sex slaves yeah. to be attractive yeah yeah I think that's, that's it really like basic exploitation yeah kind of thing isn't it like, yeah there's mm-hmm. no point behind it I don't yeah I don't think there's I don't think it's redeemable from a sexism point of view no probably not um, which is is a, a pretty I don't know maybe isn't a damning mark to a lot of horror fans but I think it's a pretty damning mark to to us do you think that's problematic do you think it 
gives yeah the, I think so yeah. problems it, it, watching the film I think it's problematic to me I, 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 to be honest I think um, it doesn't really make strong enough a statement at all to even really register uh, that much of a problem but I think if it was going to be taken seriously that would be a big a big barrier to being taken seriously yeah I think I think something like that you know it's almost like a guy at the back of the bus muttering sexist stuff and you just ignore him because you know what's the point in getting involved with something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yeah who cares what this guy thinks yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm underselling Jess Franco here but uh, there's a little bit of that in what I what I thought it would, like there's not even any point in getting annoyed at, at, at how sexist it is because yeah because it's just Jess Franco it's, it's, yeah. yeah it's got nothing yeah it's it's you know yeah. it's, it's, it's got a limited stage and you know, nobody's really listening to it anyway <laughs> certainly in the kind of women in prison films and I think he might have done a few kind of like Ilsa type and you know Nazi exploitation things yeah. and yeah I mean that's that's what he did really isn't it he, he kind of he was known for kind of softcore porn more than horror but um, he kind of mingled the two fairly well what do you think do you think sexist or misogynistic uh, yeah well I, I was going to say like even the strongest female character I suppose is Vera Frankenstein and she sort of becomes seduced not like physically I guess but mentally by the uh, Cagliostro yeah and yeah. succumbs to his whim and is just seen as another sort of mm. passive character in it like yeah actually yeah for, for a while it does seem like it's it's gonna be sort of progressive and have a, like a strong female lead but yeah then you're right. yeah, it just disappears yeah. and exactly and, and that is kind of unusual maybe for you know like an American horror film probably would have treated that differently you know in, Amer- yeah. in an American horror film of that period the female character probably wouldn't have ended up naked and being whipped <laughs> no, <laughs> no probably not yeah um, it's, it's a weird weird balance it, it, like, it, empowers, it empowers women and and completely objectifies them at once, yeah. you know, in one weird stroke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly a weird film. I wonder, yeah. I wonder, I don't know, I wonder if it's some sort of sexual quirk of his that he likes being dominated while dominating. Certainly, I mean, he's <laughs> probably really heavily, heavily influenced by the work of the, Mar- the, the Marquis de Sade. Yeah. And mm-hmm. kind of, you could over, I, actually there was that. something something in that that reminded me of uh, Marky decided something that reminded me of uh, Quills and have you ever seen Silo? Mm, yeah fuck no, I, no I've, I've, still, I've still never seen that Whew, it's, uh, yeah. it's heavy going like. is that a Marky decided thing? it's, yeah. it's based uh, it's Pasolini isn't it? yeah, yeah. Um, mm. and it's it's uh, assassinated wasn't he? Pasolini maybe yeah. I'm not sure I think uh, that's right. Yeah, like I'm up in you've got. But that's torture, horrible, yeah. isn't it? I mean, that's kind of it's a horrible kind of like it's ex- excrement and stuff in that, isn't there? In the, in the yeah, kind of torture scenes. Yeah, I think it's called it into sections, isn't it? So there's a bit that references excrement, like as it's yeah. called. There's something about shit anyway. I yeah, yeah. and they eat eat those horrible sausages of shit. Yeah, and which apparently is meant to be uh, in Pasolini's version was apparently meant to be a a commentary on junk food culture that was coming yes. to yeah. um, but um, 
it is, is it 120 is it 120 days of Sodom or is it 30 days of Sodom I'm pretty sure it's 120 120 yeah. and then Marquis de Sade was 30 days of Sodom was it right. or, or vice versa um, one of them is 31 one is 120 it's that one it's, it's set in Italy but it's still about the Nazis isn't it yeah well yeah I think it's like a Nazi occupied version of it or, or I, I think it like. was it about fascist um like uh, fascist, like Italy under Mussolini. Um, yeah, I think it? so. But I'm not I sure. thought it was the Nazis, but it maybe, is in Italy. Maybe, yeah. Which is the weird thing yeah. about it. Or do you think it should um, be Mussolini? Set in the Nazi-controlled Northern Italian state of Salo in 1944. Ah, okay. There you go. Yeah, because yeah. there are still German-speaking communities in north of Italy. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, when I was in uni, our kind of German tutor, our German tutors were always native speakers, and in my last year, she was actually an Italian national. Right, okay. But, uh, German was our first language. Yeah, right. Um, Uber fascist. What? Uber fascist. I know. I know. Proper fascist, like. <laughs> um, it's in her blood. But here, Jesus. Paul, I, I kind of thought you might be able to tell us a bit more about the Marquis de Sade being a well-read young man who works in a bookshop. <laughs> I don't know a lot about him, um, but um, I do know that he was he was locked up for like kidnapping children, wasn't he? And, uh, was he? I think so. Yeah, I think he was arrested, or maybe maybe not locked up. I think he was uh, possibly indicted for it and got off or something. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that's where the word sadism comes yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So, did he kind of po- popularize pleasure for pain? Or yeah, pain he, for pleasure? he was. Um, he was sort of like sort of like a proto modernist. Uh, he. Uh, I think uh, was he basically yeah uh, decided that his uh, that the greatest philosophical uh, sort of pleasure was uh, indulging himself in sadism and masochism mm. or indulging himself in sadism uh, so to speak uh, creating pain and investigating pain he was obsessed with the idea of pain and the and the idea of pleasure that was related to it and he, uh, yeah, was was an, an absolute bastard. You know, was there, there, there's okay. no, there, I, I don't think, I don't think he's excused. I don't think you can dismiss it as like an artistic eccentricity or anything. I think he genuinely tortured people and like got off on people being actually tortured and murdered and right. like uh, I've I've only read like a, a bits and pieces of um, uh, 120 Days of Sodom, but uh, it's. It's horrendous. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just about like, like slow, sadistic murder. You know, it's a mm-hmm. um, proper torture, proper like you know, take take fifteen schoolgirls and and like strip their flesh off and stuff and her fucking hor- horrible stuff. Like you know, not not even like kitschy horror stuff, just horrible. Like you know, really, really. Um, how did, really he, I mean, how did he get away with that though? How did he get with writing that? He stuff? didn't. He ended, he ended up in prison for for insanity. Uh, for I'm not sure. Maybe he ended up in. It might have been a mental institute or something. But because uh, didn't he write like he wrote fiction? Didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, 120 of Sodom is fiction. Yeah. Um, but um, it's yeah, it's <clears throat> it, it was it would have it would have got yeah sanity laws. I'm sure. Came into it. I'm not sure how they probably blasphemy laws as well. I'm sure in a bit. Yeah, but um, 
yeah a horrible horrible person mm. I don't know I'm not, I'm not too well up, up in him like mm. but, um, but, but you can see that that kind of influencing Franco's stuff I mean it's particularly the bit where the two characters are um, yeah the weapon are naked scene, like, being whipped yeah definitely and that would be quite common you know in a lot of say Franco's women in prison films there'll be lots of long tedious scenes of w- naked women being whipped just you know yeah. ho- holy <laughs> yeah. just n- neither titillating nor disturbing just yeah. there and boring a <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. ridiculous <laughs> embarrassing yeah. in, the, in the fact in the fact that it's so ridiculous like yeah um, that's not like even just the whole point of it the uh, Frankenstein's monster having like uh, reproductive abilities with you know to make the perfect race yeah sort of thing yeah that that sort of ceremony of them having sex yeah is seen as this like beautiful I think you used the word culmination earlier at one point but yeah it's like yeah. it's seen as the pinnacle of like you know the climax yeah I know but like if, like, like if, if the two of them have a kid it's like the kid's gonna look like shit isn't it yeah who's gonna raise it it's not gonna be this fucking you know <laughs> Adonis no. you know like a Greek god or something it's going to be some hideous deformed weird thing yeah <laughs> they're going to get back from the hospital and they're going to go fuck <laughs> I mean even the guy who plays Frankenstein it's like Frankenstein is like an, an overweight middle aged man yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's this kind of ripped <laughs> ripped guy like or not, sorry not Frankenstein um, Frankenstein's monster yeah um, but yeah actually speaking of which apparently the guy the guy who played Frankenstein was a guy called Dennis Price and I think he was a bit of a um, horror legend right but supposedly at the time that he was filming that he was a really big alcoholic and so apparently that's why his um, why well, he never never managed to get the important information across yeah. that's <laughs> why his hands are shaking he Dangerous. is uh, a really bad man what's his name he is terrible what's his fucking name <laughs> um, and supposedly that's why his performance is quite bad because the performance is quite bad isn't it it's, it's quite yeah, kind yeah. of cartoonish <laughs> um, and it's not really that kind of convincing well, I'm pretty sure uh, like I mentioned earlier he's in Vampiros Lesbos as Dr. Seward oh yeah okay as that character for some reason you should look up Dr. Seward there yeah. I will I'll look up Dr. Seward I'm, I'm nearly sure it's from Dracula but mm. yeah we uh, we've ch- changed location location in the last uh, break there and now we have access to a laptop that I'm actually, which, is why, which is why we didn't look all this stuff up before mm. we're feasting on information no I can't see um, but I just I can't, I can't remember we haven't listened to any clips yet well let's listen to a clip okay well listen to a clip and we'll look up who Dr. Seward is so I've got a good clip of Melissa and Caliostro kind of talking to each other and talking about all their weirdness and stuff excellent let's go I can see you, Master, as if my eyes had sight. Your pleasure is upon your face. Now, Melissa, you're exquisite. Though you're blind, you can see farther than common mortals on this earth. What does the future hold? I foresee pleasure and death and blood. I foresee plans and dreams succeeding. I foresee the creature Frankenstein created, reaping the most beautiful women to assuage your desires. And I can also foresee the creature wholly at your command. Fine, a dream. I shall make it more than a dream. I wonder, is it time to do our final reviews? Yeah, I'm um, just looking through here. I, there's, there's a good breakdown actually in um, 
movie-censorship.com does a really good breakdown. It pits all the the scenes side by side of the Spanish version against the kind of other European cut with the nude scenes in it. It's quite interesting to just kind of scroll down and see how much was changed um, in all the different different versions. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's the it's the fact that it's so untitillating. Um, actually, now I think about it, there's a scene in um, Women Behind Bars in which Lena Rame has a kind of naked um, lesbian scene with another um, uh, of the kind of young female characters, and you're just watching it, going like, "I am looking at, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a video of two, two young women." Um, in the throes of ecstasy and I have never been less turned on I mean you know as a heterosexual man I should probably be feeling something right now but I am absolutely not he he has managed to capture this with like (laughs) the least amount of eroticism possible Uh, it's just it's unbelievable people often say the thing about Jess Franco was that he like he knew how to shoot beautiful women and like that's a really I think that's a really misogynistic thing to say, but I also think it's untrue. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's true that he was good at shooting beautiful women. If Is you it want not to, that he pretty much just picked beautiful women to film mm. rather than he was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. that seems to be what he went for. Yeah, this is what you would think of as standard norms of beauty. Maybe we will uh, do another Jess Franco film soon, and we'll uh, I'll pick a good one, and we'll we'll do it. I'll pick like the Bloody Judge or something. Get a bit of Christopher yeah. Lee in the go. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we'll maybe we we'll do a wee final reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Because you go first. Okay. Well, I'm going to work here as I do it, but uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I thought it was. Um, Yes, very unerotic, but uh, I got the <laughs> I got the, I got the reference. The title was meant to be, well, yeah, it was meant to be about the the final act where uh, he tries to get them to copulate. It should have been the maybe the procreational rights of Frankenstein or something, mm. I suppose. But that's not going to sell, I suppose. But um, generally, I thought it was very confusing. <laughs> Very confusing, uh, very, um, I don't know, quite poorly acted, quite poorly scripted. <laughs> I wasn't a fan, to be honest. I think, uh, <laughs> um, I do like, a, I do like a good stupid horror movie, one that's made quite badly that has a bit of catch value. Uh, it. <clears throat> Yeah, it felt a little bit like Troll 2 to me. And, uh, no! And, uh, Come on! I can't really... I can't really say I'm, I'm a massive fan of Troll 2 the way a lot of people are, but... Uh, it's better than Troll 2. It's probably better than Troll 2, but it's not a whole lot better. Like There are, there are things, like, there are lovely things, some lovely things in it where you can see he's, he's going for going for like almost like German expressionist kind of things but not really pulling them off but he's going for them at least and he is trying to be original and he, he is original and he is uh, he's inventive with with you know props and things like that you know and, and sets and 
well everything you know it's obviously low budget and he makes the most of it but I, where he tries to make the most of it I don't know if he actually is inventive <laughs> enough to actually really make the most of what he has you know but um, no <laughs> I can't I can't rate it very highly to be honest I'm sorry <laughs> Mark's out of 17 oh I'd I'd be dying around dangling around the four <laughs> fuck off Paul <laughs> I think you have got to have a bloody good reason to score anything below 50% I I mean even se- even Sex in the City 2 I don't think I could score below 50% I got pretty bored I found myself I found myself like like uh, scrolling through Twitter for quite a bit of it and having to rewind to watch what I'd rewind or watch what I'd missed and then going like fuck's sake why why did I why did I scroll through why did I go to Twitter there when I could have been just getting this over and done with why I sit through this yeah, again okay. it was a chore uh, really? it was a chore yeah yeah I didn't enjoy it I no I enjoyed maybe seven minutes of it so I'll give it seven let's say seven seven out of seventeen seven out of seventeen because I enjoyed seven minutes of it probably okay maybe not even who knows Dave before you give yours I am down for a pee and I, and I really want to hear your thing so okay. I think we'll play another clip while I go to the toilet and okay. um, this time it is Melissa um, talking <laughs> as uh, they're about to bring the uh, Frankenstein woman Frankenstein's monster woman type person Britt Nichols's monster to life so play that and then we'll come back <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll hear your wee final uh, slagging off Jess Franco <laughs> sure let the powers that with favour upon the ultimate creation which is to engender the race of the sect of Pantos let the gods transmit themselves through this woman the hand that throws the switch is the instrument of the gods and life will be imbued through it to this most perfect body the most sublime body since that of Eve let her come to life let the ultimate rays of the life producing force penetrate under her Oh, God of Pandos, fulfill the promise for your race. So, yeah, young David. Um, <laughs> the moment is yeah. has come. Um, I, I didn't hate it as much as Paul did. I, I don't think hate's the right word either. I, I did enjoy parts of it. Um it was just utterly confusing and nonsensical <laughs> but within that there was enjoyment to be had I guess um, like lots of the scenes were like captivating for some reason as I said earlier Cagliostro was also captivating I don't know why but every time he was on screen I preferred that he was on screen for longer than the rest of the <laughs> yeah. film um, I think because the film was mainly about him like he was the the sort of main bad guy I guess what do you think of a stare? Kind of uh, seems in his that eyes. Was more funny than anything. Yeah, honestly. just some guy's eyes. <laughs> yeah, like kind of. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's just hard to sum up that film because it's just a, it's like a good mess, <laughs> in a way. Like it, I didn't get the, well, no, I did get the kitsch thing. Like there's, there's a kitsch entertainment to be had behind it, um, but. I'm trying to think of a rating I would give it. Yeah, out of 17. Yeah, it's definitely not as good as it. So, like, if I judge it within context with, like, stuff we've done on the podcast, uh, I have to go higher than Paul, though, because I didn't hate it as much as he did. Like, I didn't find myself browsing Twitter or anything like that. Like, I did watch it all, 
there were certainly points where I kind of went, is this worth it? But then it's redeemed a little, like, five minutes later. I think that's why it's hard to describe it. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's points about where you go, this is just tedious. But then five minutes later, something kind of funny or interesting happens, or this there's, like, this amazing shot. Even though it's kind of stupid at the same time, with those creatures walking through the woods, yeah. it is a really nice shot. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give you that, yeah. But, but you always watch these films with your flatmates. What, what did they make of it? Uh, one of them left. he went to bed Um, Uh, the other guy uh, he he stayed up and watched it but he kind of had the same opinion I did did Cahill watch it? no he went to bed oh he went to bed (laughs) Um, sell out (laughs) uh, no it was just it was funny because I remember everybody laughing out loud at that scene where the sulfuric acid was thrown (laughs) yeah Fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if I have to go for something like a 17. Well, I'll go for 7. No, I come on. I mean, nine is, 9 is just above 50%. I don't know. Well, give it more than 50%. Come on. It didn't captivate me enough. Hey, the man said 7. It's not... I'm not saying it's <laughs> shit, though, either. Like, it's not like it is shit. But... You know? I have to, I have to go for something reasonable, like 7. Because I'm sure I'll come across worse things and I'm sure I'll come across better things I am surprised that I am genuinely surprised that, bo- that both of you have gone under 50% <laughs> I thought that you would realise it was a bit shit but ultimately like it um, yeah. well there's things to be liked in it yeah whether overall there are <laughs> yeah yeah but most, um, of, most of them we didn't like well so what about you I well I mean I think Mr. Mr. the film's boyfriend I think uh, it's inventive and it's colourful and it's expressionistic and it's subversive and Jess Franco doesn't give a fuck and that that comes Maybe across that's his problem. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> ultimately, it's it, but it comes across and I think it works um, and I think. Uh, there is enough in it visually at least to kind of keep it going and keep it being a good horror film um, I just wonder is is it is does Jess Franco just only only appeal to certain people um, there are obviously going to be the people who, who watch Jess Franco's films wanting to see kind of sadism and nudity and things like that uh, and a kind of you know eroticized vampirism but um, I th- I I think I... I mean, this, this is going to sound pretentious, but I think I come at his video or his films more from a almost... I'm, I want to say academic point of view, but that's going to make me both me and the film sound like wank. Um, but I mean, I'm watching them out of interest. I'm, I'm not watching... I'm not watching like a... Like say like like the nude scenes in Chris Frankenstein, Curse of Frankenstein, and going, oh, this is amazing! I'm really turned on. This this this, this, is, this is why I'm enjoying this. I'm watching those nude scenes and going, this is absolutely hilarious. That this is this is this is brilliant. This is just like just visually arresting European horror. And for me, um, it doesn't get much better than that. And the kind of the the horror period that I'm interested in is kind of. 72 to 84 and this is the start of that and this is a kind of Jess Franco finding his feet and you know um, working with Lena Rame for the for the first time really um, actually yeah it's uh, Lena, Lena Rame's uh, film debut I think mm-hmm. um, and that other film 
Um, it's taken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay, so you're. Um, so anyway, you're you're, you're but the, the context uh, in itself is interesting. Yeah. And that uh, do, do you think maybe you're blinded? Not, not blinded, but do you think maybe your your uh, your opinion is skewed by the context of like the by yeah the interest in the context that. Maybe, because like when you watch like a John Carpenter film or a Stanley Kubrick film, you are genuinely enjoying the film and you're genuinely invested in it, in it. Yeah. because you think this is a brilliant film, Jesus Christ, if I could make a film half as good as this, I'd be doing well. Whereas with Jess Franco, you're kind of just going, Jess Franco, like, what a guy. Like, we don't, we don't all get to do things with our life let alone make 180 films. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, and if you're going to make 180 films, chances are the quality is going to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that, that's, that's about... It did. That's about, that's about two a year. Yeah. On average. Is, yeah. Um, and, you know, your films are going to be shown... Your films are going to be released in Japan and Holland and Britain and America yeah. and Brazil and Spain and... <laughs> You know, and all around the world, and and you're this kind of cult film director, and I I enjoy the Curse of Frankenstein. Um, I enjoy the color, and I like the expressionist expressionism, um, and I think it's got some quite quite nice kind of horror set pieces. Um, you know, especially with Melissa, the kind of her kind of attacking the prisoners or the bits were. I, I think she just looks hilarious, though. Like it's it's just so shoddy. <laughs> I know, and it and it's weird that I don't mind that. Yeah, is <laughs> is that like? I wonder, does it just come from watching lots of Jess or lots of Jess Ranko films? I don't know. Is it meant to be like some sort of weird fascist? Not the bird woman, the bird like sort of eagle stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, it, it's no. just hilarious that, that, that it's just clearly like too much. I just got drunk. It's it's hilarious that it's clearly just stock library footage. Yeah, that they just yeah. insert in like yeah. you cage too. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, like it'd be BBC's anything. Side effects. Yeah, for you can just picture like some Spanish guy standing in the you know zoological gardens in Madrid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Jeff Franco's in regardless. So I yeah I just because you guys have given it a low score, I'm going to have to resist giving it a ludicrously high score. So seventeen hundred million. <laughs> yeah. So I will I will, I, I will have to be genuinely serious about this. Um, out of seventeen, um, I think I might have given Halloween like fourteen or something. What will I give this? Um, you shouted at me for giving Halloween. Uh, no score. You give Halloween something ludicrous. You give Halloween like eight or something. Uh, no, what about fifty percent? Didn't you? Mm, not initially. I think you maybe went back and changed. Well, yeah, you what you, what's your score for this? Uh, Eleven. Eleven out of seventeen. Uh, okay. So, is oh. it like akin to someone who's into acid jazz or something? Like. <laughs> Like that stuff's really hard to penetrate. Maybe for most people. Maybe. And you just listen to it and you go, right? I can maybe see why people like this. Yeah. But it's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but at least acid jazz is kind of well constructed with skill. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like that. it is. And at least acid jazz, you can like listen to your headphones and think about something else. But with with this, mm-hmm. you have to have to sort of sort of try to maintain it. Yeah. I, well, I like really shoddy grindcore music. 
Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there's something like that. Like, yeah. Because I appreciate the shoddiness as well. And for some reason that aids the whole yeah. thing. I hate really well produced like death metal. And exactly. Just, like, great Sony, but stuff that's just sounds like it's recorded in a bedroom on a four track. Yeah. Like sounds good to me for some reason. Yeah, like if, if you're exactly, listening, yeah. like if you're listening to Crass or something. Yeah. It's badly recorded. Yeah. It's like they're not really that tight. But it's fucking glorious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or Napalm Death or something like really yeah. early, early yeah. Napalm Death or something like that. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's akin to that. Yeah. I mean, he loved jazz. Maybe Franco was a kind of visual jazz artist. Yeah, throwing maybe, shit at us and maybe singing. he was. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We'll never know. We'll never agree. It's dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah that's our final scores um, Young David unless anyone's got anything else to say but Jess Franco or Chris Frankenstein well I suppose if you are really bored and looking for a horror movie and are tempted by Jess Franco and the Frankenstein story and the Cagliostro story then go do something else go go like <laughs> go knit something <laughs> write a short story fucking read a book read Frankenstein or watch some hammer or watch some hammer bake a, bake a, a cake full of, full of fucking like I don't know poison and throw it out or something just anything just do anything you know break some bottles and then clean them up or something do anything <laughs> there's things you could be doing with your time You've a, your life is short. <laughs> your life is short. Well, not Don't if you <laughs> have an incisor, right? <laughs> Don't get an incisor, right? That's true. A filing cabinet with some post-it notes. <laughs> and you can, you can then make a buzzing sound from. But, uh, yeah, watch this movie, but also do all these other things first. Live young, your life. Young David, it's, it's your... Um, it's your choice for next, oh, for next yeah. time. Um well, I'm not really going to stick with a particular theme, but I thought because I haven't seen a Mario Baba film before, I thought I'd pick one. Nice. Right. So I, I came up with two choices. I think I decided which one I'm going to go for because I thought I'd stick more with horror. Uh-huh. So there's one called Rabbit Dogs, which I haven't seen. Okay. No, never you guys heard of it? Mm-hmm. It's uh, supposed to be very good, no, but I don't really think it's too. horror. Love Baba, but never seen that. And there's no. one called Planet of the Vampires. Excellent. Again, haven't seen that. Which no, I haven't either. Supposedly strongly influences Alien. Oh right, okay. But cool. um, why is why is the director's name skip my head? Ridley Scott? No, was it Ridley? Alien? He did Alien, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah so he denies seeing it, but apparently right. it's uh, people say Donovan and could have seen it, but he he never commented on it. But Ridley right, Scott okay. has openly commented on it and said he never saw it. But, uh, okay, so Bannon just ripped it off and never told. <laughs> well, yeah, apparently it shares a lot of similarities, but yeah. yeah. So I might go for Planet of the Vampires. Yeah, and it seems uh, I tried to research them, and it seems a little easier to obtain. Okay, okay. Alpha film will be brilliant, and I've never seen that before, so that'll be great. Yeah. Give me a new, a new Alpha film to watch. Definitely. Definitely. Planet of the Vampires. It is. <laughs> Yay! Planet of the Vampires. Excellent. Yeah. That's a, a good choice. So we're covering. Um, Jess Franco and Mario Bava and two consecutive podcasts pretty good lads yeah. two horror giants maybe I'll think of a, <laughs> think of a, a a European for next time maybe not who knows that'd be nice because yeah. I was thinking today actually 
This is like our first Spanish film, and we haven't done we haven't done an Italian film. No, no. Oh, Cannibal Holocaust. Oh yeah, yeah. I suppose Cemetery is that be a good one to do. That is possible. Yeah. I was considering 120 days. Yeah, but then yeah. I thought I was ending in a car later for recording. That it might be a bit too depressing. That <laughs> <laughs> heavy going. Like. But I I watched it about nine years ago, and I think I said to myself, I don't think I can watch this again for <laughs> yeah, about, about twenty years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but uh, thought you would be a good shot, um, Crazy P. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's a possibility, but that's uh, yeah, Baba. Cool. <laughs> so for next time. From so. Spain to Italy then? Yeah. Next time we're gonna be going looking at Mario Bava's Yeah. Change your Vampiric classic. Exactly. Change your your uh real house for uh Pino Grigio. <laughs> Pino Grigio. What's an Italian what's an Italian wine? Pino Grigio? Yeah. Yeah. Or Chianti, I suppose. Chianti, that's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do it every time you say Chianti, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> we exchange our Franco for Mussolini. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Franco for Mussolini. Our fascist state. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was that was our first Jess Franco film. Hopefully, plenty more to come. Um, and bloody Django's on my other bag now. <laughs> Fuck sick. I hid Django. my I hid my laptop bag and now he's at my other bag. Pull him off there. <laughs> Not like uh, that. Sure? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going. We're going to end with pulling off a cat. Going to ask with, uh, uh, <laughs> um, Paul asking me to manually pleasure his uh, feline companion, which is a bit weird. It was in the spirit of Jess Franco. That's kind of. That's uh, just what happens. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we're we're going to say um, adios, adios, Chrissy P. Indeed, adios. Adios, young David. Adios. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, adios, buenos noches from me. Yeah. So, thanks for listening and see you next time yeah. for some Italian rinse out horror. How did they? Is that Spanish? I don't know. What do you I think it means? A Spanish guy told me it was Spanish for fuck off. And that, but Shall we just go for a siesta? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be stereotypical. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been lying. I don't know. Or I might have misremembered it. But anyway, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> it's very far away It takes about a half a day to get there If we travel by dragonfly No, it's not in Spain But all the same, you know it's a just right. Battleground, red and brown. 